A reading from the book of the prophet Ezekiel. Thus says the Lord God, I myself will look after and tend my sheep. As a shepherd tends his flock when he finds himself among his scattered sheep, so will I tend my sheep. I will rescue them from every place where they are scattered, when it was dark, when it was cloudy and dark. I myself will pasture my sheep. I myself will give them rest, says the Lord God. The lost I will seek out. The stray I will bring back. The injured I will bind up. The sick I will heal. But the sleek and the strong I will destroy, shepherding them rightly. As for you, my sheep, says the Lord God, I will judge between one sheep and another, between rams and goats. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In verdant pastures he gives me repose. The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. Besides restful waters he leads me, he refreshes my soul. He guides me in right paths for his name's sake. The Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing I shall want. You spread the table before me in the sight of my foes. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. Only goodness and kindness follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord for years to come. The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through man, the resurrection of the dead came also through man. For just as in Adam all died, so too in Christ shall all be brought to life, but each one in proper order. Christ the firstfruits, then at his coming those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end when he hands over the kingdom to the glory 
to, to his God and Father when he has destroyed every sovereignty and every authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. When everything is subjected to him, then the Son himself will also be subjected to the one who subjected everything to him so that God may be all in all. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the kingdom of our father David that is to come. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Alleluia, 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 alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit upon his glorious throne and all the nations will be assembled before him and he will separate them one from another. As a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats, he will place the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. A stranger, and you welcomed me. Naked, and you clothed me. Ill, and you cared for me. In prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? When did we see you ill or in prison and visit you? And the king will say to them in reply, Amen, I say to you, whatever you did for one of the least brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you accursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. 
a stranger and you gave me no welcome, naked and you gave me no clothing, ill and in prison and you did not care for me. Then they will answer and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or ill or in prison and not minister to your needs? He will answer them, Amen, I say to you, which you did not do for one of these least ones, you did not do for me. And these will go off to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The year was 1925. During the pontificate of Pope Pius XI, that the solemnity of our Lord Jesus Christ, King of the Universe, was inaugurated, was established, in response to a world system of governance that was neglectful and derelict at best regarding upholding and promoting laws and putting in place um, provisions that would be for the benefit of the common good of all people without exception. So in an effort to solicit and bring about in the hearts and minds of the faithful not only the sense of the lordship and sovereignty of the Lord Jesus Christ in their own personal lives, in their own minds and hearts, but to also realize that reality beyond in the world as we know it, as the Lord of all history, past, present, and future, the solemnity of our Lord Jesus Christ, King of the universe, was established. And as we see the reality of the teaching of Christ as presented to us in the Gospel of St. Matthew, we must recognize that the ordinary time that we have been journeying with the Lord has been a time in which we've actually walked with Jesus from the time of his conception in the womb, his birth, his inauguration of the reign of God when he himself enters the synagogue taking the scroll of the prophet Isaiah and using and, and specifically reading from that section of the writing of Isaiah that one that speaks of jubilee, a year of favor from the Lord, in which it lays out very explicitly his mission was to redeem the lost sheep, to bring liberty to captives, to open the eyes of the blind, the deaf would hear, the mute would speak, the lame would walk, the poor would have the good news preached to them. In essence, the dead would be raised. This was the year of favor. This was the mission and is the mission of the Redeemer that you and I have willingly embraced. We are striving after this every day of our lives. That is the mission, that is the call of the disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we see how this gospel concludes this liturgical year. And we have been listening to, for the last couple of weeks now, throughout this month of November, what's known as the end-time discourse of Jesus. And fittingly, the final teaching of Jesus in light of this discourse comes from this 25th chapter of Matthew's gospel. 
There are certain details that should capture our attention and that we're meant to hone in on. First of all, this is a revelation of the parousia, the second coming of Christ in great glory. For we hear, when the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, he will sit upon his glorious throne, and all the nations will be assembled before him. That in itself, all of the nations, that means everyone who has ever existed, anyone who's ever lived from the beginning to the end of time, will be before the Lord as he will render the judgment. This is the time in which reconciliation that we so much long for, the justice that we hunger and thirst for without reservation, without um, partiality. You know, there's so much injustice in the world and we, we get so upset sometimes we can hardly even take it. This is that time in which everything will be dealt with definitively. And when we see how this is realized, he has an establishment of the goats, the goats on the left, the sheep on the right. And then he begins to offer the words by which the whole mission was to be established. You would think that the inheritance of the kingdom would be based on one's faith, one's knowledge of the mysteries of God. Although these are important attributes and qualities of the believer, of the follower of Christ, they are not the essence of what the kingdom entails. In fact, he speaks of deeds, specifically corporal works of mercy. When I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me to drink. Ill, you comforted me. In prison, you visited me. Naked, you clothed me. Homeless, you shouted me, when? When did we do these things? Whenever you did it to the least, you did it to me. So we are being presented with a revelation in which those who are in the quote-unquote context of the company of the goats, they are not referred to as idolaters. They are not referred to as adulterers as thieves, of murderers, albeit these are grave sins against the commandments of God, that is not the basis of the judgment. The basis of the judgment is on sins of omission, not positive sins, not sins of commission, but omission. For whatever reason, they neglected the needs of those who were most at risk. And if we didn't learn anything, or if we don't know anything at all about the reality of the Lord Jesus, we know that he consistently, in season and out of season, showed a preferential disposition for the stranger, for the orphan, for the widow, for those who had been maimed, a lame, whatever the situation, whatever their condition, he specifically and purposefully entered into that plight. He reached out, he touched them, he communed with them, he shared table with them. We know the allegations that were raised. This man eats with sinners. Look, he's going to stay at the house of a sinner. Who can forget? Little Zacchaeus, who went up a sycamore tree. Hurry up, quickly come down. I must stay at your house. All of these moments were not just put in. These are not highlighted in the gospel just to make us feel warm and fuzzy. It's, oh, wow, look at Jesus, so meek and mild. He's so nice. No, he recognizes the plight of the human being 
created to the image and likeness of God, affected by the reality of sin and obviously death, all of which were ushered in via the envy of the devil, which are referenced in this last teaching. The enemy, the devil, and his minions, the fallen angels, they are already experiencing the inheritance of eternal damnation, which is separation from God forever. The goats are those who, for whatever reason, became so enamored with the trappings of the world that they wanted it their way. They were, you know, the goats, are, uh, you think about goats and sheep, they are, the goats are stubborn. They have a strong will. They don't necessarily acquiesce easily. But the sheep, very docile, willing to be led and will be led. And so we hear this imagery of the shepherd, and it comes from the first reading, the, the 34th chapter of the book of the prophet Ezekiel, who about 800 years before the advent of the Christ prophesies about a future age, the age of salvation. The, the words that we hear in the, first, in the first reading speak of a future time, and the day in which this salvation would be realized would be a day of darkness, of great clouds. When was that? When was it that darkness and great clouds covered the earth? It was Good Friday from 12 o'clock to 3 o'clock when Jesus was on the cross it was in that darkness that salvation was realized for one and for all. And so we also hopefully catch that when the king addresses the sheep and the goat, both the sheep and the goat refer to the Lord as Lord. They acknowledge him as God as the king of kings. But the thing that sets them apart is not the fact that they're able to say, Lord, Lord, but it's what, were they willing to do the will of the one who sent him, the will of the Father. And that's where we hear, and Jesus even says that in one of the gospel teachings, not everyone who saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom, but only those who do the will of my Father in heaven. So works of charity, works of mercy must at some point be manifest in the, on, in the light of one's faith and one's conviction, in what one has received from God. God expects a return. And failure to do so, failure to choose to follow this way, will render us an inheritance that will, might, we may find very shocking at the end. Because both groups were not aware of their standing before the king. They were both surprised. When did we do this? When did we see you? And he, he says it. When you did it to the least, of my brothers and sisters, you did it to me. Remember John the Baptist, after he had done such a superfluous job of preparing the way, he was in the dungeon of the palace of, of Herod. He sent two of his disciples to go and ask the Lord, are you the one that we are to expect, or should we be looking for someone else? He said, you go and tell John what you have seen and heard. The deaf hear, the blind have their sight restored, the leper is cleansed, dead men are raised, 
the poor have the good news preached to them. Blessed is that man who finds no stumbling block in me. And as these two disciples were going back, while they were still in the hearing of his words, he says, when you went out into the wilderness, what did you go expecting to see? Someone luxuriously dressed? He says, no, so such people, you find those people in the, in the palaces, a reed swaying in the wind, a, a prophet. Yes, John was a prophet, but much more than that. He says, I solemnly assure you, of those born of woman, there is none greater than John the Baptist, and yet the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. So this assembly of all the nations is not just, it's not just the Gentile nations that would come to believe as a result of the great commission that Jesus gave to the apostles and the missionaries that would continue this work even to our times to go and make known, make disciples, baptizing. It would not just be the Gentile nations that would be present at this moment. It will also be us, the membership of his mystical body, because it's not just enough for us, and we find that a struggle in itself, do, do we not? It's not just enough for us to be focused on each other as members of Christ who have come to accept and are striving after. We must also have a disposition of compassion for the world. But this is God's, this is God's desire. This is the attitude of God. This is the disposition of the heart of God, which Jesus reveals. So it's not just that this judgment is an indictment to those who treated Jesus most shamefully in the membership of his mystical body. Remember Saul on the road to Damascus, the, the ninth chapter of the Acts of the Apostles. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, sir? I am Jesus, the one whom you are persecuting. So this solemnity this final Sunday of this liturgical year of our Lord Jesus Christ, King of the universe, truly reveals to us what the essence of kingship entails. It's not about being elite. It's not about being powerful and autonomous. It's about being compassionate, just, merciful, loving to the point of laying down one's life. Far before, long, long before the thought, the idea of humanity seeking God, God was seeking us. As the prophecy of Ezekiel discloses, I myself will shepherd my sheep. I will search them out, the lost, the lame, everywhere. I shall relentlessly pursue them. This is the mission of the Redeemer. And this is our mission. Today is a day for us to reflect to reflect upon our own journey this year with the Lord. Mind you, congratulations, we have made it to the end of another year. We have moved with the Lord, hopefully not just as spectators, that we've gotten somehow a little bit more involved, a little bit more. We're realizing all the more how this is going to play out and how it's meant to be. But let us use this gospel, let us use these readings as a means of examination of conscience, of heart and mind, to align our minds with the Lord, but especially our hearts, for as the heart goes, so do the actions follow. We want to recognize this profound revelation of God.
We want this to be the inheritance that we are to receive. From the foundations of the world, this is the doctrine of divine providence. God knows from all, from the beginning, God knew and knows who will inherit the kingdom of heaven and who will inherit the kingdom of eternal damnation. He knows this. He's always known it. So the question we ask ourselves is, how do we procure such an inheritance? By loving our neighbor as ourselves, as the Lord Jesus himself shows us. Mother Teresa, St. Teresa of Calcutta, summarized the entire gospel. In fact, it became the very foundation of her apostolate. Using the five digits of one's hand, you did it to me. It all comes down to what we do, one to another. We do it to the Lord. This is how profoundly the Lord has yoked himself to us. Let us be encouraged because so long as we are hearing this message still on this side of the kingdom, while there is still time, that precious gift of God, we still have the opportunity to put ourselves in right order with the grace that God gives us. The Eucharistic gathering is the primary means by which we receive the source and summit of the Christian life. For our God is not just the God of the mountain. He's not just the God of the mountaintop. He's the God of the valley. He comes to us in the midst of what we are dealing with, and he beckons us, come to me, one and all. Come, learn from me, that you may have life and have it to the full. Blessed indeed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the kingdom of our father David that is to come. God love you. <laughs>